Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. This show is a breakout from the CBS News Weekend Roundup, and every week we discuss issues including income inequality and disability. As we look back at 2021, we wanted to talk about the year in race and policing. You'll remember the outrage around the world as a former white Minneapolis police officer knelt on the neck of George Floyd, a black man, in May of 2020 for more than nine minutes. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I can't believe this, man. George Floyd! George Floyd! George Floyd! This year, amid ceremonies and protest on the anniversary of Floyd's murder, his family met with President Biden at the White House. His brother Terrence said at the time, Being here today is an honor, you know, to meet with the president and the vice president and for them to show their concern to our family. But at a Minneapolis gathering, Floyd's sister Bridget told the crowd, There's been a lot of names added to the list after my brother's death. And still nothing is being done. CBS News Chief National Affairs and Justice Correspondent Jeff Begays has covered everything from the fallout from the police killing of Floyd to what lawmakers are doing about activist calls for police reform in the wake of global protest. He joins us to look back at what actually happened. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. After George Floyd's death, there was this push to get legislation through Congress, police reform. However, at the end of the day, nothing changed. They couldn't get anything done. And in the meantime, there are law enforcement agencies across this country, frankly, looking for guidance. You know, they know many of the leadership, many of the leadership of these agencies, they know that they have an image problem. And they know it because they're having a hard time recruiting police officers. And at the same time, police departments across the country are having to respond to more homicides. It's right across the country. Homicides are are spiking. You've seen and probably heard about what's happening in Chicago. Uh, In fact, just a few weeks ago, Cook County notched its 1,000th homicide of the year. That is a staggering number. And so while Congress can't get anything done to come to any sort of agreement on police reform, there are communities across the country struggling to get a hold of this this crime problem that they're seeing in some of these neighborhoods. And then police departments don't have the resources to respond effectively. Uh, And so in in terms of big stories, I, I really think that that's one of those stories that you know, at this point gets overlooked. And then you had the movement to defund the police after George Floyd's death. And then in Minneapolis, they took it to a vote and it failed. So what does that mean about defunding police at this point in history in other cities? There are politicians across the country who are still running on a platform that includes 
defunding the police. However, in some of these cities, you have politicians reintroducing funds to police departments that they cut over the last year, year and a half or so. Uh, and so what you have is a lot of uncertainty at exactly the wrong time as it relates to law enforcement and policing these communities. Uh, and I say it's exactly the wrong time because there are a lot of people in these communities who rely on police. And right now they need police more than ever because crime is, is spiking in some of these neighborhoods. So that, you know, between defunding the police and uh, members of Congress, uh, failing to come to an agreement on police reform, both Republicans and Democrats. You know, in my view, those are two big stories in terms of law enforcement this year. I wonder, Jeff, and Chicago is my hometown, as you know, so that is simply terrifying. I wonder what you think those two things mean both to people on the street and, and to police officers themselves. Well, while there are you know, millions of people who want to see police reform their tactics. There are also millions of people who want effective police protection when they need it the most. They want to know that when they call 911, someone is going to respond. Uh, and so that's what this means. When you have this kind of uncertainty in the law enforcement profession, where there is a branding problem. You, you talk to law enforcement across the country and they will acknowledge that because, you know, after George Floyd, law enforcement got a black eye because there are, you know, those images that we won't forget of George Floyd losing his life in that manner. You know, in a lot of ways, it, it had an impact on all of law enforcement. Uh, in a negative way. And so how do you recover from that? And I think it's fair to say that law enforcement across this country uh, is still trying to shake that image from the minds of the public. As communities across the country grapple with, you know, how does their police force look going forward post-George Floyd? And so when you don't have leadership from the federal level, when you don't have leadership uh, in in other ways in communities across the country, there's a problem. And law enforcement is feeling it because they don't have the numbers they need to respond to some of these uh, cases that they're having to pick up. And then communities are are feeling it as well because people aren't feeling as safe walking the streets in cities like Chicago. I'm curious, Jeff, because you have written pretty extensively about the uh, relations, one might say, between communities of color and police officers. Have you seen that in this past year get better or worse, or is it about the same? That's a good question. You know, in a way, I think it's gotten worse because you have homicides spiking in some communities. And so this this tension then increases because there is more pressure on police to reverse these trends. Uh, and then you have people in these neighborhoods caught in the middle because when they are calling for help or when they need help, perhaps in some cases police aren't responding as fast as the community would like them to respond, but Police are, you know, they're responding to calls like never before. 
because they just don't have the manpower uh, to to address these situations uh, in the best possible manner. And what I mean by that is they don't have the numbers. Recruiting is down across the country when it comes to your local police department. They're having a hard time recruiting people who want to be to be police officers. And that's really not a surprise, given what we've seen over the last couple of years, uh, almost a couple of years post George Floyd. You know, so the question is, where does this go in the next year, in 2022? You know, will there be some sort of reform? Uh, And there are police departments across the country who are trying to reform. But I think every police chief would say to you that they hope to see some sort of federal guidance and a push from the federal level to get some uniform policies in place across the country to make the situation better, not only for communities across the country, but also for police departments. So in some ways, yeah, I think the situation is worse It also doesn't help when you have optics like I I was just in Chicago recently and there have been those smash and grab robberies, you know, in stores like Neiman Marcus and that kind of thing. So in the loop and on the Gold Coast, which are, you know, highfalutin neighborhoods, there was a police car literally every block. But on the south and west sides where there has been arguably a ridiculous amount of crime, there's nothing. I mean, and people I spoke to on the south side were really offended by that because they were like, well, so they're going to protect the rich people but not protect us when we need them. It seems to be kind of a an unsolvable problem. Yeah, and I, I'm sure there are a lot of neighborhoods across the country uh, and cities where you have that debate. You know, we've been doing stories about these flash mobs that target the high-end stores, the luxury brands, which are usually found in the wealthier neighborhoods of cities. And police departments are you know, aiming additional resources at that problem this holiday season. So listen, if I was living in a neighborhood where crime is up, I'd be wondering why there isn't a police cruiser on every block in my community. But again, police don't have the resources to do that. And you're right. You know, they they look at what what is it that's going to get on TV that is going to make us look bad. And right now, and this is just being honest about the situation, that's what they're going to look at. You know, if somebody's breaking into a store on Michigan Avenue, you know, local TV is going to pay attention to that and make a big deal out of that. Um, and that's why these police departments have to focus on those areas at this time where you have that high concentration of people shopping for the holidays. Um, so there, you know, the complaints that one might hear from inner city communities across the country, they're fair. They are, you know, the criticism, I think it's fair criticism. Um, and it goes back to, uh, community leaders, as well as law enforcement, and then uh, leadership at, at the federal level, really taking a, a good long look at what exactly they want law enforcement to be in the next five years. Because right now, law enforcement is facing the kind of, of challenges that uh, are not serving 
or let me put it this way, are not allowing them to serve their communities effectively. That's CBS News Chief National Affairs and Justice Correspondent Jeff Pegues. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Tuesday. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money, and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.